right before the 2020 presidential election, I asked everybody who they thought would win in a presidential race between Captain America and Superman. Uh, well, and this was a collaborative effort. I'm not going to take credit for this question. But with, uh, with the inauguration of a new president as of this recording yesterday, uh, the question becomes, if a supervillain lost a presidential election, uh, who would throw the biggest temper tantrum? Uh, I'm going to start on this one uh, because, well, A, uh, for what it's worth, this isn't my answer, but for what it's worth, former President Donald Trump has been in comic books, so he is officially a comic book character. I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm just saying. Uh, but my pick would be uh, Dr. Robotnik from Sonic the Hedgehog. I see him. Yes. I see him throwing a huge temper tantrum, and I am here for it. Uh, pick it. So I was going uh, not so much biggest tantrum, but who would wreak uh, the most havoc? I went with Reverse Flash. Uh, the reason for that is time travel, and that's it. <laughs> I like it, Tabitha. Um, I went with Lex Luthor because he's used to being able to buy his way out of things. And we've realized that you can't do that recently. So <laughs> I just assume it would be about the same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and that. Um, I'm going to go with Megatron. Because he would just turn something gun and just try and blow his way in. Well, we're talking about Monica Lewis. Oh. <laughs> Mitchell. <laughs> Wrong show. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. I'm I'm glad that you guys all have stuck around past the intro and my uh, terrible, terrible, terrible joke. But you know, that's that's what happens when you drink wine before recording. Um, <laughs> so we're going to start off tonight with a couple of press releases. So Vault has announced a new series from Ram V and Anand RK. Uh, it's called Radio Apocalypse. So this story, it's about. Uh, the end of the world as we know it, and Bakerstown is the home of the last radio station. Uh, Ryan, who is one of many refugees, who was one of many refugees who came to Bakerstown, uh, will twine his fate with the radio stations. Uh, this book is described as a mixtape of love and heartbreak and interminable uh, hope. Um, this sounds like it's right up my alley, um, even though... I mean, if you know anything about me, I do tend to lean a little bit more towards the superhero books. Uh, but I've read my fair share of non-superhero books, and this sounds phenomenal. Um, anything that deals with, you know, music as at its core just sounds amazing. Yeah. It's one of those things, with the previews that we get... Um... I have found that in some cases, as much as I still enjoy the superhero comics, I almost enjoy the non-superhero ones almost more sometimes. Mm. So this definitely sounds like it could be really cool. <clears throat> um, 
Speaking of, of comics based around music, Z2 Comics has announced a new graphic novel written by Ryan Cady. It's called Sublime, $5 at the Door, and it chronicles the early days of the uh, genre-defying band from Long Beach. Pre-orders are available now on Z2's website, and it's expected to release in June. Um, I like Sublime. I don't think that I'm a... I know enough of their songs to even really consider myself a Sublime fan, if that makes sense. But that said, um, some of the stuff that we've read from Z2 that have featured, you know, the history of bands, like, uh, I immediately thought of the Grateful Dead book that we read a, a few months back. Uh, even as somebody who is not a hardcore Sublime fan, I'm interested in this book because I, I think that's one of the things that Z2 does very, very well is you know, like mesh the worlds of music and comics. Um, finally, Silver Sprocket has announced their spring catalog. So the first one is called uh, That Full Moon Feeling. It's by Robin Franklin. And so this story, uh, for Susie and Jada, the only thing scarier than online dating is that they are, respectively, a witch and a werewolf. I'm intrigued. Same. Uh, yeah, that the sounds... What's that? Uh, I, I don't know if there's a lag or not. Uh, uh, I, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> just just all those little bits there. Uh, the, uh, it's very... Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? I don't even know. <laughs> I can't talk anymore, guys. <sighs> it just sounds really interesting. And I know there's not a lot there. Uh, but I'm, I'm still really curious. I want more information. Okay. Uh. The Antifa Super Soldier Cookbook is by Matt Lubchansky. Uh, so Antifa operative Max Marks is about to get promoted to Super Soldier in the organization's battle to destroy America. Uh, it's not an actual cookbook. Um, <laughs> I, uh, just based off of the stuff that we've read from Silver Sprocket, I am sure that this is a very tongue-in-cheek type of book so if you think that antifa is the like worst thing in the world you're probably not gonna like this book um heart-shaped tears by abby jane uh features aliens elves and boys who don't text back they are the subjects of these comics <laughs> and finally american cult edited by robin chapman is an anthology that explores cults throughout America's history. Uh, one of the cool things about uh, the description of this book, it also like it showcases these cults, but also showcases them in a like a human factor. You know, it's not mm -hmm. just you know this is what happened. It kind of features people who were involved in it. So. Uh, one quick review before we get into gut reaction. Uh, so, XO Man of War is out January 27th from Valiant. It's written by Dennis Hopeless with art by Emilio uh, Liso. So, uh, in this issue of XO Man of War, the villainous Yakiov uh, has multiple plans to take down XO Man of War uh, by any means necessary. Uh, for me, I couldn't. I, I shouldn't be surprised at how much I'm enjoying this series because I have loved everything uh, from Valiant that I've read over the years, not just the stuff that we've reviewed. But, uh, and also, like, I'm a sucker for 
the kinds of stories where, you know, whether it's the, the entire public or whether it's one person who doesn't trust a superhero, but then that superhero earns their trust. I'm a sucker for that moment when, you know, that person or the public in general or whatever realizes, hey, this guy or gal or whatever, it's pretty cool. So, um, so yeah, so that's something that's been kind of building up with this series. Uh, also, there is a preview for uh, Savage, which that's written by Max Bemis, who is uh, writing uh, Heavy from Valiant, or from Vault, rather, mm. uh, that we've reviewed in the past. Uh, so I was really excited to see that preview. Uh, I've been excited that title for a while, just again, because of Max Bemis. But uh, yeah, so I saw, I read that and that was a lot of fun too. So we are going to get started with some gut reaction. Reaction, and we're gonna start gut reaction tonight with uh, Tabitha. You've got um, a story about the Willy Wonka prequel. Uh, yeah. So I feel like we've addressed this at some point, but I can't remember, or if I'm just like overloaded on remakes of movies, and I just have they're all blurring together. So we are getting a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory spinoff film titled Wonka, and we finally have a release date for it. They said finally. I don't know. I guess it's been a while. Uh, March 17th of 2023. It's been in development with Warner Brothers for a really long time, but now they're finally moving forward with actual production and casting. Uh, David Heyman, the producer for Fantastic Beast, and Paul King, the director for Paddington, are attached to the film. Um, they have confirmed that it will be a prequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, not to be confused with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and we'll be telling Willy Wonka's story leading up to him opening the candy factory. So it's not a remake, it's an origin story. And while I love a good origin story, and I'm like one of five people who didn't hate the Charlie or the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like Johnny Depp, Willy Wonka, like movie, I... I actually liked it. I don't know that we need this. I, again, I'm just waiting on Hollywood to come up with new ideas. Um, so I'm going to go thumbs down. Matt. As much as I have to agree that I want Hollywood to come up with some new ideas, Willy Wonka is, no matter which version of the movie or book or whatever you attach yourself to, he is an odd and and what's the word I'm looking for? Eccentric character. Um, the idea of a prequel, like to kind of to background his story is interesting to me. Um, I'm skeptical because these things always, yeah, they can either be really good or they can be really awful. Um, I'm going to go thumb sideways until we know more. Pick it. So I'm, I'm uh, it's, I love this. Uh, I am actually thumbs up. Uh, hardcore because I feel like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory really set this up because um, they did talk briefly about some of the things from like the past uh, and I liked all of that in that movie. Uh, I'm much like Tabitha. I was one of the few who actually enjoyed it. I, I didn't love it as much as I love the original. That is still my favorite. I still watch that. I've watched that more than the newest, but you know, I'm, I'm still really excited. So, thumbs so we're not going to find out why Grandpa Joe is a lazy a-hole. No, I don't think so. Uh, I feel like they addressed that in the original, like, source material, so maybe you could read a Roald Dahl book, but uh, I can't help you other than that. Um, 
But no, all seriousness, I'm with you, Tabitha. I'm going thumbs down. Um, I feel like Willy Wonka is one of those characters, like, as much as I love the character, I don't want to know his backstory. That that ruins part of the, the magic and the mystery of the character itself. So, yeah, I'm not interested. Also, 2023, granted, I realize that's two years away, but that sounds so far away. Right. Uh, Pickett, let's talk about a movie that's not that far away. Let's talk about Godzilla versus King Kong. So Godzilla vs. King Kong was actually delayed. It was supposed to come out in November, and because of the coronavirus, they had to delay it. Um, so they initially set the next release date for May 21st. Well, that's changed. A lot of things have been changing with the coronavirus, uh, but what we're getting this time is we're getting a change in the opposite direction. We're going to March 26th. We're actually bumping up the date. Um, this will be brought out, of course, uh, by Warner Brothers on HBO Max and in theaters on the same day, um, which, of course, I'm excited about because I have HBO Max. Um, so, yes. Um, but, yeah, that's really cool. I'm giving this a thumbs up, of course, because it's been one positive change that we really haven't seen in the movie industry right now is uh, a move in that direction. So, thumbs up. Uh, you know, I'm also going thumbs up. I'm not really excited about this movie myself. Uh, probably won't see it. But uh, just the fact that it's something that's trending the opposite way. I mean, we're not talking about it tonight, but I've heard rumors where they're planning on pushing back Black Widow again. Um, so to see something going in the other direction is kind of a little promising, if not maybe a little too soon, but I'm still okay with it. So thumbs up. Tabitha. Um, this is one of those movies that I really wanted to be able to see in a theater because it's Godzilla and like, it's just, it's way more immersive, like, your sound is better, like, the quality of the movie is just better, and especially with, like, action films and things like this, so I'm bummed that I'm not going to see this in a theater, um, but I'm, I'm glad that we're trying to release some of these things earlier instead of just trying to push them back, so I'm gonna go thumb sideways. Matt? Uh, I am also going thumb sideways because... As much as I am excited about this movie, and rumor has it that we're getting a trailer possibly as early as tomorrow, so we may have that for trailer takedown for next week. Um, I don't know. This is just one of those, like, Godzilla King Kong is one of those things that I feel like you should see on the big screen because of the size of these characters. Um, I mean, I, I like the fact that they're releasing it early and, like, you know, not everything else, like James Bond we just heard about is being pushed back again. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I'm still kind of torn on this. So I'm sideways. So Titans has cast Savannah Welch, uh, to play Barbara Gordon for season three of the, uh, former DC universe, now HBO max series. Um, so Welch who herself lost one of her legs in 2016, uh, will join Titans after Barbara has been paralyzed by the Joker. Uh, I, I honestly have no idea who Savannah Welch is. Uh, I hadn't heard of her uh, before. I have no idea who she is. I kind of dig the look. I, I feel like she can, she can pull off Barbara. Um, I'm sorry, much like I am in terms of like with Mary Jane and Spider-Man, Barbara Gordon needs to be a redhead, so she's going to need to do something about that. Um, <laughs> but I do like the idea that, you know, she is... You know, somebody who is um, 
who who is disabled who is playing a character who is disabled you know i i feel like in 2021 it's almost tone deaf to you know to have somebody who is fully you know abled and whatever to be like oh hey i'm in a wheelchair like it's not as cool as it was so i'm giving the the casting for this uh a definite thumbs up tabitha yeah, I'm also giving it a thumbs up. We, we need more representation by people who are actually representing what the character is instead of just playing a part. Um, I don't know anything about the show. I mean, obviously, I know about Barbara Gordon, but I don't watch TV. So thumbs up for the casting. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Yeah, in, in this day and age, and there are, like, there are so many people that are talented enough actors to play these parts um, that may not in the past have gotten a second look because they are actually, you know, disabled. Um, so huge thumbs up for casting the right type of person to play this right type of role. Okay. Uh, you know, I huge thumbs up. Uh, you know, we have a, we have a, 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 a film critic friend, uh, who's always talking about these kinds of things. Um, and I, I, I agree with all of you. Yes, uh, this is awesome. Thumbs up. Matt, let's talk about a uh, new Dungeons & Dragons TV series. Um, so in 2022, um, we are getting a new slash reboot um, Dungeons & Dragons film. Um, in... It seems like in addition to that, and the way that most of these things are going these days is that these, these studios are building a universe for the movie to exist in. So it's not just the movie, it's a video game, it's a TV series, etc. Um, I mean, DVD is obviously its own universe to begin with, but as far as film and TV, not so much. Um, looks like they are working on a D&D TV series. Um, and right now they have set um, the John Wick screenwriter, uh, Derek Colstead, to be the lead um, for penning the scripts for the series. Um, this is not the only thing that E1 Entertainment is doing. They are looking for other writers to, quote, develop various projects. So they're not exactly sure what all of this is going to entail. Um, but um, I know that there is a not a lot of love for John Wick um, on our show. Um, but I'm going to throw this out here as well. Um, Derek Colstead has also been a writer on Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, and whether it's good or bad, never saw it. Uh, he co-created a Quibi series, Die Heart, with Kevin Hart and John Travolta. Um, he also is working on game on scripts for like a Silent Hill anime and another uh, video game type movie. So he has some other credits, not just John Wick, um, to his name. Um, I'm going to go thumb sideways. Just there's so much to unpack and a lot to to be done before we say one way or the other on a D and D TV series. Pick it. So you had me at uh, at D and D TV series. You even had me at uh, a TV series and a universe of TV series. You lost me, at John Wick. Um, but I'm gonna go thumb sideways. I, I'm I'm optimistic about this idea. I saw the original, like the movie, uh, back in the day. It was fun. It wasn't anything amazing. It wasn't the right home to mom about. But 
it was uh, it was fun, whatever. So I'm 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 gonna go thumb sideways because it could be good, but eh. uh, I'm also going thumb sideways. Um, this property isn't for me, regardless. But I swear to whatever you may believe in, if this TV series in the series premiere features a baby dragon who was killed. <laughs> I'm writing multiple strongly worded letters, Tabitha. Um, I can't stop thinking about a Silent Hill anime, and I kind of tuned out after that because I'm just trying to figure out how that would work and what that would look like, and it's all very frightening. Um, but Dungeons and Dragons is such a broad scope of a story and a universe in the first place and we all know that video game game everything movies tv shows end up sucking so unless they've got like lord of the rings money budget i don't want this thumbs down let's talk about a new barbie doll um so mattel is producing a maya angelou doll it will be part of their inspiring woman series I'm just going to read like their thing from their press release. Our efforts include a commitment to spotlight more black role models who are female. And now we are introducing a doll that honors Dr. Maya Angelou, author and activist who used her voice and unique writing style to connect with people and inspire generations. Uh, the doll will be dressed in like a floor length floral print dress with a matching headdress. And she's going to be holding a copy of I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. And you can buy it for $29.99 and it's on sale now. And I need one. Thumbs up. Go Mattel. Do more of this. This is definitely one of those things we need. Thumbs mm -hmm. up. Thank you. Yeah, no, big thumbs up on my end. Uh, I, I think this is awesome. I, I, I kind of want to buy one just for the girls here. So, yeah. Um, I am going... 95% thumbs up. The only reason it's getting 95% and a whole 100% is I wanted her to come with an actual caged bird and not just a copy of the I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. She is the caged bird, bitch. Have you read I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> she is already there because she <laughs> is the, the caged bird. So you have the book and the bird and the cage's life, which is existing. So... Fine. The cage One, is our Fine. 100% thumbs up, then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Pick it. Let's talk Ghostbusters. Okay. Okay. So, uh, uh, we got this epic trailer. Very short teaser trailer a while back for this new Ghostbusters film that's supposed to be uh, a direct sequel of the original two. Well, we just got this picture. It's just a picture. All it shows is some of the young cast members inside the Echo one driving or sitting at what looks like could be a restaurant or something like a drive-through. But, uh, I'm excited about this for a lot of reasons. Um, it's so exciting. I'm so this, this is like our childhood, you know? So to see something from that actually coming back to, uh, uh and not being remade into something different. I'm so excited about this. This picture I was just super excited about. Uh, so thumbs up. Um, I'm going to go, yeah, go thumbs up on it. Uh, I'll be honest, I completely forgot that we were, we were getting this. So, I mean, it was, I guess it was a kind of a pleasant surprise to, to see that picture. Uh, but yeah, but like, now that I've seen it, it's like, okay, give me it. I, I, I realize that COVID's a thing, but give me. Tabitha. <laughs> yeah, I'm always game for more Ghostbusters as long as it's, you know, Ghostbusters. 
Thumbs up. Oh, sorry about, I forgot about my thumbs. Uh, <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> Matt. The way that they're doing this, Ghostbusters, by continuing with the kids, mm-hmm. is to me, and this is apples and oranges, but it's, a, it's in a lot of ways how Star Wars continued the final trilogy 30 years after the original trilogy. It's like all of the characters just picked up 30 years later. So you've got this. So instead of being a sequel or instead of being a continuation or a reboot, you're taking those characters, you're taking this world, and you're moving it forward in time like they did with Star Wars. And in the world where they can't, where Hollywood can't come up with any new ideas, I love this. I have so many memories about Ghostbusters as a kid that I'm just super excited for this. And I really want this to happen as soon as possible. So thumbs up. So DC Universe has now become DC Universe Infinite. Uh, the new service uh, will feature thousands of comics from DC's catalog and will also now feature material from mature reader imprints, uh, Vertigo and DC Black Label. Uh, I'm giving this um, a thumbs sideways. No, no, I'll go thumbs up on it. Um, I've talked... <laughs> Guys, I'm, I'm really indecisive today. I'm like... Always indecisive, but like super indecisive. Anyway, um, I've talked in the past how bummed I was that DC, the the TV part of DC Universe was kind of going away or whatever. Um, but to see that we're still getting this service, um, I don't know if I'll use it. So I don't know if at the end of the day I'm going to keep it. But with what they're adding to it, um, I, it's enough. For them to get my eight bucks a month for a little while longer. Tabitha. Yeah, this is not for me. I don't read single issue comics. I don't like that they're doing comics on like apps and I whatever. Um, but thumbs up for it being super accessible in a time when a lot of things aren't accessible. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go thumbs up because they are at like as much as they lost all the TV content, they are they're not replacing it entirely, but they're finding something to fill part of that gap that was left by the TV content. Um, and I have to give them a huge credit for that to try and do what they can to keep this going with this platform that they've created. So thumbs up. Pick it. Um, no, I definitely give this a thumbs up. Uh, uh, I agree with, uh, with Tabitha when she said uh, making things accessible at a time where things just are not that accessible. I've, I've been stuck at home for a month now. And if I was into comics, this would be perfect for me. So, big thumbs up. Uh, something that probably would have ended up on DC Universe if that was still a thing. Matt, let's talk about Batman the Animated Series. So, now that all of the TV content from DC Universe has moved over to HBO Max, um... And good or bad, no matter how you view it, they now have HBO and Warner Brothers, like, budget, essentially, behind them for production. Um, The rumor has reemerged, mostly thanks to Kevin Smith and his Batman Beyond podcast. Uh, But he and uh, Mark Bernadine were talking, and basically Kevin Smith brought back up the rumor 
that HBO Max has been discussing a sequel for Batman the Animated Series. Um, he was very big on the fact that with the way technology is and with the fact that it's now all on HBO Max, is you literally can just pick up this series where it left off and keep going. Um, you don't have to do a sequel. You don't have to move things time-wise. You can just keep going. Um, he did reiterate that he is not involved, but I'm sure he would love to be. <laughs> um, but he's spitballing and saying we could get an announcement on something like this as early as next year. Um, just like, I don't know, this, this was such a formative cartoon for my childhood. So if we get more of this, and as long as we keep the same voices, that's key, then I'm going to go thumbs up. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge thumbs up for this. Uh, I love the original series. Um, and uh, I love Kevin Smith for bringing it up again. So uh, next year is a little too too far away, which would be the only thing that would make it less of a thumbs up. But no, it's a thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going thumbs up. Um, the, the, the animated series, that was one of those shows for me where I would watch episodes here and there. I was never a, like, I, I wasn't like a, oh, I just got home from school. I got to watch Batman. Let me pour some cookie crisp. I wasn't that kid, but I did, you know, I, I, I did watch my fair share of it. Um, but something like this would make me want to go back and rewatch that and realize what my childhood missed out on. Tabitha. Yeah, I was that kid who ran home, but it wasn't <laughs> Cookie Crisp. It was uh, Captain Crunch. <laughs> and like the off-brand, though, whatever that's called. Um, I love Batman the Animated Series. Like, I'm stoked that we have access to it now. I don't know that I want this, though, because I feel like just, you know, let go and let God. Like, let me have, like, what I already had before. Like, I don't know that I need, I don't know that I need more. Just let me bask in my nostalgia and leave me alone. Um, sideways. Also, I believe that the off-brand Captain Crunch was Admiral Yum. Um, <laughs> it was like the Malto Meal brand, and it was in a bag, and fancy people put it in like a plastic container and put it on top of their fridge, but we left it in the bag, so whatever that was. <laughs> Uh, pick it if you can hear me. Let's talk Matilda. Hey guys, I'm talking this. You know, stop. <laughs> I was trying to get their attention and they didn't see me. Um, okay, sorry. Um, so the latest update we have now, uh, we have a, a Matilda musical. I heard about this forever ago, forgot about it, and then I saw this. Uh, we found out that Emma Thompson... Uh, was just cast to play uh, Miss Trunchable, the headmistress, uh, the bad guy, if you will. <laughs> Trunchable. It's trunch. Trunchable. Trunchable. Whatever it is. Lunchable. Anywho, one of those words. Uh, so, uh, uh, thanks to my editor Megan over here for uh, reminding me I was saying it wrong. Uh, but yes, so, uh, but that's happening. So she got cast, uh, which to me is awesome. Huge thumbs up. I love Emma Thompson. Uh, I feel like she could do anything, and uh, and I'm I'm excited. I'm not sure how excited about this still being a movie, but eh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, also, thumbs up. I love Emma Thompson. Um, you know, especially her role in Tabitha's favorite movie, Love Actually. So, thumbs up, Tabitha. Um, I hate you. 
Um, also, I was worried because I love Emma Thompson and I think she's fantastic. And I was like, how are they going to make her ugly? But then I forgot how ugly she is in the beginning of Nanny McPhee and now I feel better about it. She's ugly on purpose! But I, I you were just going to stop at, I forgot how ugly she was. No! <laughs> Nanny McPhee! Oh my gosh. Not rude. I mean, I am, but not about that. Um, however, I don't want this movie leave my Mara Wilson film alone, go away forever, leave it alone, thumbs down, stop effing with my childhood, I'm over Matt. Matt. Uh, so I'm going to get some slack for this, but I don't know that I ever saw the original Matilda movie. Can I don't think I did either. Tabitha, we need to do something. This is the Pickett and Tabitha show now. Uh, everybody else is gone. Nobody what? wants that. Yeah, look, you can do the do the tab of the show. It, nobody wants the picket tab of the show. I'll just bring the whole thing down. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna look weird talking to myself. So <laughs> that's fair. So Matt, where were you before we both got in trouble? Uh, let's just just go something sideways. All right, uh, Tabitha. Let's talk about a new stamp. <sighs> Ursula K. Le Guin, uh, the sci-fi fantasy author, is being honored with a USPS stamp. Um, the stamp will be the 33rd in the literary art series that they've started. She passed away in 2018, so this is, you know, a post-mortem stamp, whatever. Um, but it features a portrait of her, and then in the background, it shows a scene from her novel, The Left Hand of Darkness, which I have not read, but the stamp looks incredibly cool. High five to the USPS for releasing these, like, support your local post office, all the post office, so we can keep getting our Amazon packages, because that's a problem for me. Um, but the stamp is going to be released this year. Um, huge thumbs up. These, these stamps that they're doing are unlike the coin we talked about last time, where they're more accurate, and they don't have super bad errors hanging out in the background. Um, so, quad pods. Oh, don't talk to me about the quad pods. Um, so... Thumbs up for the USPS and thumbs up for the decision to include Ursula K. Le Guin. Matt. Um, the, this series just in general is fantastic. And I know that like nobody collects stamps anymore, but these are those kinds of things that you would want to collect. So um, thumbs up for this. I think it's a fantastic idea. Take it. Give it two thumbs up. One for just being awesome and one for doing a better job than they did with the, uh, the HG Wells. <laughs> um i am giving the stamp a thumbs up i'm i'm gonna call myself out i'm giving a thumbs down to myself because when i first saw the story when you posted it tabitha uh before i clicked on the link i for sure thought that ursula from the little mermaid was getting a stamp and i was like cool but i don't understand why and then i clicked on the link i was like oh you're just an idiot <laughs> Yep, thumbs down for Mitch. <laughs> uh, poor unfortunate Mitch. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, I feel if offended. you don't use that as tonight's show header and put your head on Ursula's body, I'm never speaking <laughs> to you again. Please. <laughs> oh. I, I, I don't know if I can do that. I'm never speaking <laughs> to you again. Keep that in mind. You can even put it on like Put your head on, like, hot Ursula, where she's like... Look, guys, if Mitch can't, I can't. 
Sexy Ursula or Sea Witch Ursula. You can pick, but your head needs to be on Ursula's body. It's happening. So, after moving on before this conversation gets weird. Um, so, after, after the success of the uh, Netflix uh, version of The Old Guard, uh, Greg Ruckup and uh, Leandro Fernandez are returning to The Old Guard. Uh, the Old Guard, Tales Through Time, is going to be an anthology series following the immortal warriors from the 13th through the 20th centuries. Uh, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I still, I actually got the first volume of this series. I still haven't watched the, the Netflix um, production, but it, I'm excited for it. It sounds amazing. So yes, I'm all for it. Tabitha. Yeah, this sounds super cool. Thumbs up. Matt. This is definitely one of those series that has been on my long list to read slash watch. Um, it's just adding more content to that list I'm never, ever going to get to before I die. But I really want it anyways, so thumbs up. Pick it. Yeah, I definitely give it a thumbs up. Um, it, it does sound really cool. I also haven't seen the Netflix uh, either, but I'm going to. I plan to. That being said, guys, I have to jump off. Uh, it's been awesome. Can't wait till next week. I'll see you guys then. All right. Bye. See you, Figgit. Um, Matt, let's talk about Oxenfree. Um, so Oxenfree is a supernatural mystery graphic adventure game. Um, it was developed and published by Night School Studio in January of 2006. Um, back then, it hit that real popular stride and skybound along with robert kirkman uh partnered with night school studios to transform the game into a franchise movie tv etc um nothing ever happened with that um but over the last couple of years um night sky studios has kind of grown developed on their own um and they are now moving forward without skybound um to work this into what they assume is probably going to be a TV series. Um, I never played the video game. I have looked at some of the pictures, um, especially as of recently. Um, this looks really cool, and I would love to see um, how this would transfer. So I'm going to go thumbs up on hopes that this could be something really cool and kind of dark and creepy. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's for me, but it sounds cool, and... I am giving a thumbs up for for anyone who who it may be for. Tabitha. Yeah, you had me at dark and creepy. Thumbs up. <laughs> um, Tabitha, our last story for gut reaction. Uh, Pickett was supposed to help you, but he's gone now. We've got the Baby Yoda news desk, and yeah. I was not prepared, but I can read Pickett's message out loud to the group. <laughs> okay. Let's I'm do very that. Good at, I'm very good at reading. Hold, please. Um, Where did that post go? Okay. Um, yeah. So, Baby Yoda News Desk, something about a video game. I posted it because I am the Baby Yoda News Desk person. However, correspondent. Uh, huh? You're oh, the I'm baby. Sorry. Yeah. Baby Yoda News Desk Correspondent. I will update my title on my resume. <laughs> um, 
but I don't video game, so I didn't really understand the article. So I'm literally just going to read what Pickett posted. Pickett, I can cover it. It's basically just saying that you can unlock a baby Yoda that follows you around, but it glitches, making it so even if you aim, your view is blocked by baby Yoda. So baby Yoda is in the way of guns on Fortnite, and if you're shooting baby Yoda on Fortnite, please die in a fire. Okay, thanks, bye, love you. That's not, that was, I was paraphrasing, but uh, <laughs> that's my story. Baby Yoda backpack in Fortnite is in people's way of the bang bang with the guns or something. I, I literally do not know. I just know it's Baby Yoda and don't harm Baby Yoda. Even if it's in Fortnite, I'll come for you. 13 year old boys, I will. <laughs> in a bad way, like in a murder way. <laughs> it doesn't, I mean, adding, adding murder finally like makes it sound okay but <laughs> I, had to add, I had to add murder for it to be better that sounds right for me um uh thumbs down for shooting baby yoda i don't i didn't read the story so <laughs> i'm woefully underprepared because i was relying on ticket <laughs> now see i feel like that needs to be the name of tonight's episode I'm woefully unprepared because I was relying on Pickett. Yeah. No, I still want I still want you on Ursula's body. That sounded weird too. I'm done talking. I mean, woefully unprepared should be the name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. <laughs> That's the truth. Maybe we should all just change our names. Like, legally, all of us just become woefully unprepared Stevens, woefully unprepared lad. <laughs> oh, yours just sounds Scottish. I love that for you. <laughs> and mine just sounds like a sad weapon. Woefully unprepared spear. Oh, <laughs> that poor spear. Womp, womp. <laughs> Matt, what's your take on the uh, Baby Yoda news desk? We are way off the rails here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we went this far off the rails. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> uh, I still don't understand these crossovers with Fortnite and other intellectual properties. So, thumbs down. Yeah, same. Uh, Disney, stop with this whole Fortnite thing. You lost me at Marvel. You really lost me with Baby Yoda. Like, no, stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. Thumbs down. Our last story of the night, um, I guess I guess it's only fitting that this story brings up the rear uh, because it <laughs> brings up the rear. <laughs> Tabula, take it away. Uh... <laughs> um, so I had to make myself like pretty explicit like this is what you're gonna say notes so i didn't you know say something super inappropriate um so you wouldn't have like I also diarrhea had, uh yeah oh, too <laughs> um i also had to text my best friend to have her ask my five-year-old godson how to pronounce this dinosaur's name because i knew he would know and i didn't so i got schooled by a four-year or a five-year-old today um Researchers from the University of Bristol in the UK have made a discovery. Um, a 120 million year old Psittacosaurus, thanks Archer, you the, you the real MVP, uh, was discovered in Northwest China and is now on display at the Natural History Museum in Frankfurt, Germany. 
the um, the uh, the genital tissue is still intact and can be seen as a black rigid area underneath the tail. Um, it's the colloqua, uh, which is a multifaceted butt orifice that does uh, just about everything you could need a butt orifice to do. Uh, the, 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 the feature uh, may have been used for attracting a mate by either being fragrant or pretty. Um, it could have been used to use the restroom, number one and number two. It could have been used to give birth. Um, and it, uh, you know, just uh, for mating, for mating purposes. And it's just all rolled into one tiny, tiny little package. Um, birds have something similar, as do crocodiles. And that's why they're making the, uh, you know, the assumption that that's what this is. The internal tissues, sadly, are too deteriorated to tell um, anything else. And they don't know what the sex of this creature was or if it was the reproductive kind or the helping reproductive kind. Um, but now we know a little bit more about how dinosaurs procreated and how they pooped. And it might have all been out of one hole. And if that doesn't make you feel like you need an antibiotic, I don't know what will. <laughs> How awkward would it be, like, for that dinosaur who thinks, like, they're, you know, like, they're pregnant or whatever, and, you know, like, oh, man, I I'm, about to, I'm about to lay an egg, I'm about to lay an egg. Oh, no, just had to poo. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, I've watched that show, like, Pregnant and Didn't Know It, and that's literally happened before, so. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's, like, the opposite. Yeah, like, oh, man, I gotta poo, I gotta poo, I gotta poo. Oh, wait, there's a baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awkward dinosaur times, man. But, like, no wonder they all died out. They all had, like, UTIs and shit. Like, <laughs> can you imagine everything happening in the same area? That's a bacterial disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> Not like they're going to wash. Oh, they can't wipe. Unless they were, like... T-Rex. Right, T-Rexes can't wipe. <laughs> Most dinosaurs can't wipe. They weren't wiping. This is how all the dinosaurs died. And also, this is one of the dinosaurs, uh, this 120 million year old fossil, is one of the dinosaurs that was like very closely studied and it's been proven that they had feathers. So not only does it have one orifice for everything, it's got shiny feathers and plumage. So it's a very fancy one-hold dinosaur. And like this article, like I follow some weird, like, nerdy science geeky stuff on social media i actually i posted the article that i used from a different source because it was a little funnier than the original one i found and read which was from the smithsonian <laughs> <laughs> it had a lot of big words that i didn't feel like saying on the show so i used one from iflscience.com <laughs> because i figured i'd play to my audience but uh yeah the more we know i guess i don't know and like the researcher that they were speaking with was like we may never see this again in such you know like pristine condition yeah thank you you're welcome <laughs> like what do you think like if we could go back in time and tell this dinosaur like yo your butt made news man like <laughs> it's the j-lo of dinosaurs <laughs> Ha <laughs>
What what did you say the name of the dinosaur was? Um, hold please. A Psittacosaurus. But it's spelled P-S-I-T-T-A-C-O-S-A-U-R-U-S. So I was making that sound way more complicated than it needed to be, but I got schooled by a five-year-old. It's just a Psittacosaurus. Psittacosaurus, more like Thicodosaurus. (laughs) I hate you. Uh, But before I and we get into more trouble... (laughs) That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, we'll be back next week, but in the meantime, be sure to check us out on social media. Uh, we'll be posting news throughout the week. While you're there, uh, give us some feedback. Tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Uh, thanks for listening. We hope to check, check you out next time. Any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenedpodcast at gmail.com. Everybody, say bye. Bye. bye.